So let's talk about it. Call it up. <laughs> I'm gonna give the context of why this. I guess we're doing this episode anyway. Okay. Because we were watching the show called Caught Up. It's some new show on Prime, mm-hmm. right? And was it the first episode or second? I think it might have been the first. First episode, they're talking about this uh, professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And he has a wife, but he winds up meeting some girl in the club or something like that. That was who is now Jazzy that we know. Mm-hmm. Um, but she... They wind up having a relationship, and for some time, Jazzy doesn't know that yeah, she's yeah. a side chick. <laughs> right. She thinks she's a whole chick. She thinks that they're, like, together together. Mm-hmm. And she finds out that he has a whole wife that was pregnant with his kids <laughs> and, and had a kid, too. Or, they, or was that their yeah, first I think kid? They, no, they already had a kid. Already had a kid. And she gets pregnant again. And she gets pregnant again. Mm-hmm. And she just finds this out that he has a whole family. Yeah. And... They were going. They were talking about the scene. They were doing the scene where, um, they were kind of showing like the dynamic of why why he decided to step out on the marriage, mm-hmm. and why why he didn't like tell Jazzy what was really going on in his life. And he was kind of like saying like I'm leaving her. So to speak, wasn't he trying to insinuate he, that he loved her? Like he loved the character that he was with like not his wife and basically he said he technically they only were still together because um i think she got pregnant in college or something like that so that was really why they were together in general Mm -hmm. um but the reason why he was unfaithful to her was based off of how he was feeling during her pregnancy and then obviously postpartum and dealing with um and it wasn't even postpartum because the kid wasn't a baby yeah it wasn't a baby just with handling parenthood and being uh, a mom and how she was responding, I guess, to him sexually after that, or just in general, you know, to his advances and all stuff. It's just like, I'm here all day with the kid, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever. And so this sparks your interest in regards to a conversation because... Yeah, because I was, I was like, this could be an interesting um, conversation, one, to talk about, because it would it show was a true depiction of what people can kind of go through when you're married and having kids and, and maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe somebody is unhappy or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It showed a true depiction of what can happen if there's not true communication within amongst the, the relationship. Right. Because basically he wasn't getting what he needed and she also probably wasn't getting what she needed. But, but then together they were kind of resenting each other mm-hmm. in different ways. And not communicating about either. And not communicating about either. And it wound up leading to infidelity. Mm-hmm. And how many times has, has this happened probably in somebody's life? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or just in general. Mm-hmm. This happens every day in the marriage. And to have the, the true conversation of what actually happened, what's the underlining thing that actually happened mm-hmm. between these two people? Because he... I don't know if he was a cheater before, you know. They he definitely was already. A but he probably was already a cheater. They showed likely. it in the show. He was already a cheater. Oh, he was. Yes. Well, yeah. Well, the, here's here's the thing. He was already a cheater, and then they life happens, and then the one thing that probably he he was looking for need wise wasn't even feel slipped him back into what he was already you know doing mm-hmm. before. I mean, that goes all the way back to his needs, her needs. It does. It does. So that's exactly what it was. It was a true depiction of his needs, her needs in one in one aspect yeah. of, you know, what you can go through. So I thought it would be, you know, interesting to dissect. So well, let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk about it. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? With your host, Malcolm and Brittany Garrison. And you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Yeah, and this intros on this season have been a uh, full monologue. <laughs> I know they have nothing cool. They have been five minutes long. <laughs> at all so i mean i'm curious if 
I'm curious if your desire to have this conversation also comes with the preparation of also about to be embarking on a postpartum period and mm-hmm. we're in the last last days of pregnancy and all that kind of stuff like that if that also um, triggered you <laughs> were you triggered it, it, it wasn't it wasn't triggering not in it, the sense of also like being a cheater like we're not also saying. no 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 but it i wouldn't say triggering but because we had had these recent conversations of like what, what was the conversation we was having uh maybe a week ago it was which, a, which one all right so you talking about your random night questions? What did I ask? Do y'all, first of all, I just want to stick a pen in this and say that men always say that women ask the random questions at random times of <laughs> night. But I must say that Malcolm Garrison has gotten to a point where it is so random. And it just be like, I'm not really that a tiger. Basically. I'm not that random. It was that one time. No, it was not. It was that time we was in the line at Zara. <laughs> It'd be random. I don't remember. I don't remember. Zara was about intimate. Oh, was it affection? You got to, you got jog my memory of what I actually said because we're in the line of Zara, and we're in Philly for my friend's wedding. <laughs> we're in line getting catered some clothes, and Marcus like, "How do you feel like my affection is?" And I'm like, "Now, <laughs> like, just just right now, this second in this line, that's <laughs> what you want to do." And you want to ask this deep question, you know? I'm not thinking this deep. It, I mean, it's rather, men don't ask questions like that. So to a woman, anything that is remotely, oh, to me, let me not say to women, but I feel like to me, anything that is remotely um, inquisitive mm-hmm. and about your our intimate life or about our relationship to me is deep. But that's what y'all say. Want to be like, do you really love me? Or how do I make you feel? And y'all be like, right now <laughs> you did this to me all the time like it's been a whole day and you waited till we got in the bed right so why because you said why are you asking me deep questions at night so to me yes that's deep it's the same thing so what did i ask you that one night that that pertained to this the other night you was like i went do do women get horny in their third trimester and i'm like <laughs> what like the question threw me for the biggest loop right and the question threw me for a loop well let's start with why did you ask that because this is now my response like what is what what is this why so i had asked that because late at night (laughs) in the bed i had asked that because it's always this like for for i'll say for men or just for myself in general, but I know for men go through this for a fact. <laughs> when it's that third trimester, it gets harder to d- discern when is the right time to initiate sex. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's it gets harder and harder because one, we hear we hear the pains y'all go through all day every day. So if you're like getting up and saying ah my back hurt or oh my stomach hurt and we hear this all day long and maybe we might be like wanting wanting to have sex that night or that day in general we don't know when is the actual best time to actually initiate with her because it doesn't seem like she's comfortable and the one thing we don't want to do is make you uncomfortable so i was saying i was asking you that because i'm like like do women actually want to do this in their third trimester do they want to initiate do they get horny do they want you know to go there or do they just not want to be touched and they don't want to do that and here was my i'm pretty sure we argued after that there was maybe yeah nonetheless no sex was at you know it's definitely not the question to, ask to try to get something i but, mean it couldn't have been but that it was couldn't really have been your intent. <laughs> well my confusion with the question was simple it's like I'm positive that our last, the last few times, probably within this whole third trimester, in my opinion, maybe outside on once or twice, I initiated the sex. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like, how could you even be asking me this when it's not even like you have made an attempt or, you know, you have not, you know, I told you, I think I said, like, I don't even feel like you want me. I already feel like, I mean, a hungry, hungry hippo. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm already dealing with. <laughs> you're not supposed to laugh at. I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that 
Like I get I it. I already get, feel I like I just already don't feel like myself. And so are you like if you're asking me about like my desire for sex, it's like are you even putting in any effort that puts me in a position that I would even feel that way? Because to me, it feel like you don't want me. <laughs> yeah. And and for for a man, I'm like y'all make this life like it is. I need it all the time, all the blah blah blah. So as a pregnant woman, I'm like, am I no longer satisfied my husband, or do, does he no longer desire me because of what I look like or do? You know, whatever. And you're you're on the other side having these silent thoughts of well you moaning and you groaning and and I'm like but your question was am I horny am I do I desire sex do I have a desire to do that and I'm like is that really a fair question to me because I'm like you're not giving me nothing you know what I mean and this is where we start going back and forth yeah (laughs) back and forth and yeah it may not have been a fair question but it was more so a question of like I'm trying to get a sense of what I'm already thinking in my head, like, is this, is it me in my head thinking like, okay, she, she doesn't feel like she's up to it. She don't even seem like she's up to it. Right. But that's, because we, assuming, but, but the thing about it is you got to understand chemistry. We, if we've been together for, for however long we've been together, mm-hmm. you know, when somebody is up for it and when somebody isn't. So when you're in your third trimester, it gets really that much harder to discern when that when that time is, and I understand and then from what men, you were saying. Confused, yes, you know and I saying? understand. But in your confusion and what you say, even with this whole topic and this mm-hmm. show and all that, is like, but you never communicated anything to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like it the way the question was posed and and the argument that seemed like was coming from your end of the bar of the table mm-hmm. was as if you have consistently been asking. Right. You have been consistently trying to like, no, get off me, get out of my face. No, don't you hear me? Don't you see? I'm, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, that's, and this is also, you know, just my own version of what I was hearing. Cause obviously we communicate differently and you receive differently. Right. So my version of what I heard when you asked that question is, and I'm like, how could, how dare you even ask me that as if I'm literally putting you on reject, reject row. Right, right, right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, yeah, and so I, I feel like, you know, you're like, well, this is how I feel and this is what I'm thinking. And I'm, blah, blah. And I'm like, you've never said anything to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? You haven't said anything to me. And to me, I feel like you don't even want to be around me at all. Mm. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, so if you're asking that and you want to see a difference or if you were looking to now engage in some sort of intimacy, how would I even want to do that when I feel like you don't even want me at all? Yeah, I get that. I get that. And and that was, that actually wasn't what I was like trying to communicate, so to speak. It was more so like, a, let me ask you, because I don't know, because, you know, because I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not sure. And obviously we were experiencing two different things. Mm-hmm. So the reason why this correlates to the show is because they were also married and pregnant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, they were expecting a child. The difference is though, he was making advances all the time. Mm-hmm. And she was, it looks like she was rejecting them for mm-hmm. the most part. So can you talk about what that seems like? Like what are women going through? Or what are they thinking and seeing when you was when you were watching that that you know that depiction like what was she probably going through well i think the other aspect of it is he spends most of his day outside of the house okay and so they had obviously let's say a toddler or whatever and this child is who you're also caring for all day so for <laughs> me if i'm looking at what i can assume from that situation is she needed a reprieve mm-hmm. and there's nobody here to relieve me of what i'm doing so there right. is no time for me to have that same desire and i think um when you're having conversations around postpartum which we've started having and like you know what what are the expectations or i think you know knowing our first pregnancy and we had when we had Kate and my parents were here immediately. So there was always a reprieve for both of us. Like we could both go get some sleep. We could both um, have a moment to ourselves. We could take a, you know, when they talk about moms not being able to take a shower or take a nap or whatever, we had assistance. And um, I won't say part of my anxiety, I don't want to call it anxious, but part of like 
preparing for this postpartum season is that everything is not going to be like what it was. It's not as convenient. Like, um, you know, my parents are going to be in Jamaica or we don't know when the baby's coming. So contingent upon when the baby actually gets here, um, at this point, it's sounding earlier than my due date. My parents won't be here. And so the same assistance and the same kind of reprieve that we had, we're having to make adjustments in regards to our conversations around what's needed for each of us um, to navigate through this new season. Um, you know, who's going to take our son? Who's going to have to? How do we adjust his schedule or adjust how we are with him? Um, you know, are you on bat? bat um, I typically do bath time. Mm-hmm we kind of split breakfast or in the morning, depending on who, you know, sometimes you're at the gym in the morning or whatever, um, you know, if it's a morning routine and all that kind of stuff. Like, so who does what at what point? Mm-hmm. Because now we're having to re-navigate a whole thing. And I just think from what we saw on the show, she just didn't have any relief. And so now if I've spent all day and I'm with a toddler and dealing with being pregnant, which I've had days like that where I've been with him all day and you're growing up a baby and depending on where she was in the pregnancy, she's probably overly exhausted. Mm-hmm. I don't care what nobody say. Being pregnant with a toddler is another beast. It's way different than just being it's, pregnant. It's definitely different. It's a whole nother beast because at the end of the day, you can't turn off being a mom. And so because you can't turn off being a mom, if she didn't have any relief, if you come into here and the first thing that you're trying to do is, you know, grab a nip, it's like, um, no, nigga, like, you wasn't here for dinner time because he usually was coming in late at night and all that kind of stuff like that. So you wasn't here for dinner. You wasn't here for the bedtime. You wasn't here for this whole day. I'm exhausted and I'm also growing another person. And so I think it's important to communicate about what the needs are. And typically it's like people always look at the baby, right? When you have a child, people mm-hmm. are always, um, people are always worried about concerned about the child. And I told, um, I went to lunch with my best friend not too long ago. And she asked me, I feel like I said this on another episode, but she was like, how is it being pregnant? You know, how is pregnancy going? And I was like, it's lonely. Mm -hmm. Because people are overly concerned with your first child and overly concerned with the new baby that's coming. But rarely are people concerned with the mother, the person who's dealing with them all day and growing a whole person. Nobody checks on them. Mm-hmm. And let me not say nobody, but it's rare that that person is checking on them. And so it's kind of like if you're my husband, if everybody's going to be checking for the baby, if everybody's going to be checking for our, our, our toddler, mm-hmm. who's checking for the mom? And I can equally see the same thing because dads probably feel the same way in regards to, well, ain't nobody checking on me. Ain't nobody asked me how I was doing. Ain't nobody asked me how I'm coping with it. (laughs) And I can understand why moms get offended by that because it's like, yeah, but I just grew a whole person and nobody asked me, was I okay? Mm -hmm. Nobody asked me. So it's like, to me, it's like, how can we care for each other in that moment? But who cares for the mom? And so to me, it was kind of selfish that all you're looking for is to you know relieve yourself which i get it but it's like i feel like most women would agree with you like that he was so you feel like he was selfish in the sense of like based off of the way it was written obviously it's a script you know what i'm saying it's not somebody real like i mean we don't know if he was home all day we don't know if he you know what i mean but from the way the show is written he was out all day she's home all day by herself and the first thing you come in is get a shower and get in the bed and Tap me on my shoulder. Well, I think from the male's perspective, I think he was more so looking like he's he's thinking like, okay, I'm coming home to my wife, mm-hmm. and I've been out I've been out working all day, and I'm providing this life for us. Mm-hmm. And when I come home, my wife, the one person that I'm supposed to be relieving myself with, is or connecting, or you know, this is our sense of intimacy. I can't get close to her. She's rejecting me every single time. And it's more so like basically anything that I'm doing out here in the field is like a slap in the face to him. Mm-hmm. Anytime he's rejected by her because everything that he's doing, he's doing for her and for them and for the kids. Mm-hmm. So when he comes home and he's like, well, now I want to be with my wife. I want, you know, I want to spend time with my wife. Mm-hmm. And she constantly saying, no, oh, I'm tired or this. I'm, I'm, I want to do it. I don't want to do it today. I want to do it now. There's only so much I think men typically can take when it comes to that mm-hmm. rejection wise because 
every time every, it's like uh every time they every time it happens it's like get, building a uh, a deeper and deeper hole you know what i'm saying it's building a deeper and deeper hole and he's like well why am i out here doing what i'm doing and i can't get love where I, you know where i'm coming home to for mm-hmm. what i'm doing it for mm-hmm. and i think it just got to a point where he was like you know forget this now not justifying to do it you know what i'm saying not justifying seven out of the marriage but I can I can see on the male side of why it was easy for a woman to swoop in. No, I definitely. You see I mean, what I'm saying? That's, that's on anything, but because if she you're in the clubs the, too, I mean, also it's also where Jesus he's spending your but time. That's also where he's working. That's where he gets money too. But uh, so appearances and stuff like that gets you paid. So if you're in the club and you having all this access, you see all seeing all these things, and then when you come home and you get rejected. How many times do you think a male is going to endure that? What do you mean? I think at the end of the day, you made a vow. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter. To me, that doesn't matter. To me, you can see it as much as you want to. But making a decision to make that move, that's a choice. Yeah, Yeah, That's a choice. At the end of the day, that's a choice. Because, you know, you're choosing to say, oh, well, I'm justified because when I get home and I've done all this, my Mm -hmm. wife says no to me. That's not justification yeah. to say so now i have a green light to go do what i want i think both sides aren't justified no 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 and i think i think the common misconception is um let me not say common misconception i do think that as women um from experience we're not effectively taught mm-hmm. what it means to be of service to your husband. It, that we're not effectively taught what it looks like to be a wife. You're taught that being a wife is cooking, cleaning, and bearing children. Mm-hmm. Because from an old school perspective, that's really what our our grandmothers and great-grandmothers were doing. That's why they have a hundred kids. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. why they have all these big families. And so if I'm not necessarily taught, you know, the understanding of what it does for a man, like what does, we talked about this before, we talked about the five sex needs for men and women of understanding what does rejection say to him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you start to understand deeper than just, I don't feel like it, you know what I mean? Or how do you communicate that and communicating it in a way that, because there's plenty of times that that's just the truth. Yeah. At the end of the day, men and women are wired differently. So we do not feel the same way about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so how can I communicate that in a way that doesn't de- tear him down or feel like there's he's not wanted amongst the place where he is supposed to feel safe or he's supposed to, if I want him to communicate, if I want, if I want to get more from him, this is where he feels the, uh, what's the, what's the word? This is where y'all open up, you know, the mm-hmm. way that I want intimacy like that. That is your moment of intimacy and it's deeper than sex for a man. And I don't think we're taught that this is a self. This is what I learned from my own reading. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And understanding that, you know, that's why when you said, when you asked me that question, I'm like, how dare you? Because (laughs) I'm over here trying to not be this person and be like, oh, I'm pregnant and I don't feel like it and blah, blah, blah. Because I'm over here like, I don't want my husband to feel like there's no care for him. There's no love for him and that he's not welcomed here based off of the circumstance that is here right now mm-hmm. but that's only from me understanding how you feel loved how you feel connected to me and so when I start talking about oh I feel disconnected I also in the same breath look at our sexual life because I know how a man feels connected to a woman now mm-hmm. and so based off of me having that knowledge the way you put it into practice to me is to be able to say, okay, if I'm going to come to my dude and say, I feel like we're disconnected, I also have to understand that if his way of connection is sex, then I have to look at, have I, are we, has it been two weeks? (laughs) (laughs) It has never been two weeks, but (laughs) has it been a week? Has it been seven days? Has it been, you know what I mean? Is he, is he uh, not charged up in that area Mm -hmm. to, for me to not say, I also feel disconnected because that's how you connect with me. I don't connect with you that same way, but I have to connect with you that way in order to get the connection that I desire, because that's just how it works. But I just feel like we don't communicate that because women are not taught that. And we're not typically, you don't hear people talking about it. Most of the time it's like, Oh, and a man needs to do this. A man needs to do that. But I do feel like 
what is the level of care that a husband now has for his wife who is bearing the child? Because this is a lot because y'all don't deal with the hormones that we're dealing with during the childbearing process or yeah. the child growing process. And then we have to bring the child into the world and our hormones immediately shift. Our body is trying to recover. Our, our mental is taking a toll because that's just hormones. You know what I mean? And so it's like, I can understand it still where it's like, I'm, I'm, that is my biggest concern with having another child is what postpartum yeah. is like, you, you cannot gauge how your mind and your emotions are going to be. You just can't. Yeah, I agree. Um, you can be prepared, especially if you had a kid before, to know. Like, I remember. Like, I don't think I had a bad postpartum. My first pregnancy, it wasn't too bad. Um, several of those moments when I was on birth control. Um, right. But, you know, I can only gauge it based off of that. So I don't believe that it'll be bad, but you just don't know. Yeah, I get that. I mean, but as far as, like, what they were what they were depicting in that in that show is more so it seemed like there was no appreciation on both sides. I can agree with that. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what kind of led to that. Like, he didn't feel appreciated, and she surely didn't. But they also didn't understand each other's struggle, in a sense. And I feel like it's always, you know, this constant, like, this constant need for grace. Do you feel like people are afraid of talking about the real stuff that's going on, though, you know? Yeah, I think sometimes they, they may avoid it or they, honestly, it, awareness is so real. You know what I'm saying? The importance of, of, of awareness and self-awareness, it allows you to be self-aware of what may be transpiring in order for you to now fix it. Mm -hmm. And some people don't even know that they may be going through this. Mm -hmm. They don't even know. They don't have the words to communicate like what they may be feeling because they haven't, you know what I'm saying? They haven't done that, that work enough on themselves to understand right. like what is this actual feeling that I'm feeling? Am I feeling rejected right now? Or am I feeling, you know, frustrated? Am I feeling resentful against this person? And I think they were dealing with a lot of that. Like she was definitely resenting him mm -hmm. and he would come home, feel rejected and eventually become resentful of her. And until you can um, identify the, the feeling, you can't deal with it on an emotional level. No, I agree because we recently had that same conversation about a disconnect, you know, and mm -hmm. it's, you know, um, I think, we were talking about within your profession of trading, mm -hmm. yeah. it is important for you to be emotionless. Not emotionless, well, aware of emotions. Yeah. You know, it's, it comes it's, across it's, as emotionless. Like, no, it's just control over emotions. Yeah. Yes. But I had to tell you in that moment, like, I get it. Yeah. But you, you, that can't spill over into our household because mm -hmm. now you're just too even. Like there's no too like even. I, <laughs> and like I said, with the whole thing, like who cares for me? Like I, I don't feel cared for right now mm -hmm. because you are controlling your emotions. <laughs> right, right, right. That got to like this is, <laughs> this is also our office space. It is a, <laughs> a this is a multi-purpose room. <laughs> right. You got to leave that in here. Mm -hmm. When you come out this door, I need you to be back. Like who? Where's my husband? Yeah. Where's yeah. the guy that I met in college that was, you're so perfect for me. And... <laughs> With the butterfly, I feel it. I feel it. Because I, I how it. do you maintain it? Like, do we become mundane? Do we become dull? Do we act as if we've been together for 10 years? So 10 years means that we can fall off and just take the, you know, I love you approach? Yeah, I feel that. That's why I wanted to kind of like, actually, like, do, do you think one I, we know in marriage there go, there's phases. Yeah. But do you think people go through phases and like when you're going through a, a nine month pregnancy, do you think the relationship goes through different phases too? Or is it possible I, to get into different phases? I think it's easy to fall into a, a um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's easy to just fall into a day to day. This is just what it is. And we've mm -hmm. talked about it. Like, I think that was when we were talking about the disconnect thing. And I was like, we know we're about to go into our roommate life. Mm, yeah. Yo, th that's the, yo, that's the real understanding of like, that's one experience. Yes. From experience, but also being like self-aware enough to like, yo, we're stepping into uh, the roommate a new season. phase, yes, like a new like, season because, right now. Because what Are you have you to ready? understand is like, it's going, the truth of the matter is, is we just got our footing, I feel like, with being parents, mm -hmm. <laughs> being married, 
being, uh, you know, being attentive to our marriage, being attentive to our parenting, being attentive to our child, being attentive to our businesses, you know, and being attentive to our projects, like the podcast, stuff like that. I feel like we were just getting uh, into a consistent, this is our life swing. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, it's all over. Yeah, another monkey wrench, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so <clears throat> it's understanding that I know we know that it's going to take time to now readjust everybody in this house. One, two, three, the three of us who have already been here and the one that's going to be new. Mm-hmm. Because we have to also get him acclimated to our lives and we have to get ourselves acclimated to having another child. We have to get our son acclimated with having a sibling. We have to get our lives acclimated with new scheduling and sleep deprivation and all these different things. And we have to get our lives acclimated with something different. And so it's like when you're self-aware of these things, you can communicate, okay, we know this is what has happened before. And we was talking about this yesterday. It was like, we can't give up on each other because at this point, knowing that we might not have my parents from the get go, you know, might not have those extra set of hands that are somebody that can at least take our toddler and he can have a consistent routine and nothing has to change in his life. But the baby, mm-hmm. knowing that we're not going to have that, we know that they're about to give us a run for our money. It's like preparing for chaos, like not in a bad way, but preparing for everything to be chaotic because everything's going to be new. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take time to adjust to the new where do we fall into that as partners to make sure that we are making sure that we are still good throughout this? Because I think, um, or I hear a lot that, you know, just parenting and new babies and all that just takes such a toll on marriages because who are you? Who am I? And every, all the focus is back on the baby. Same stuff. Focus all on the baby. You're not looking at each other. You're not touching each other. You're not spending any time because you're trying to sleep when the baby sleeps, all this stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So it's like, I feel like if you communicate ahead of time, here's what I know I'm going to need. Please don't leave me out here to dry. That's why I keep saying it. Like, yes, pregnancy has been lonely. Yes, motherhood has also been lonely. Why? Because. Well, I was saying why. Why is that? Because. I don't know. Well, I, I, I can. I guess I can understand, like, pregnancy being lonely, especially when you're away from home. It, it can definitely probably seem like that. What? But, Still got to cook for myself? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just don't think it's too many people that can that can uh, identify with what you may be going through. You know what I'm saying? Well, if I'm being honest, like there are people that can identify with what you're going through, but they're moms too. What does that mean? They're going through it. That means they're going through it too. Yeah, and so- my life doesn't, my I am not your world. And exactly. I, this comes with self-awareness because I, uh, in my 20s and like, um, I used to be really offended by stuff like that. Like, I'm the person that check up on everybody. Nobody hit me yet, blah, 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 blah. And I would get so mad about it. But 30, bless 30. <laughs> Excuse me, bless 29, bless 30, bless me about to be 31 tomorrow. Um, it It's being aware enough to say that's not enough for me to be offended because I d- your world does not revolve around Brittany's life. If that's how I show love, that's how I show support. Right. That's my character. Mm-hmm. I cannot expect that from other people. And, and if I get it, I get it. That's great. If I don't, that's also okay. Like, it doesn't mean that people don't love me. It doesn't mean that my friend, like I'm more of a friend to my friends than they are friends to me. Like, right. that's not true. That just means everybody is living their own life. And that is what life is. Mm-hmm. And so when I say like pregnancy and motherhood can be lonely, it's because people are the people that are in your same predicament mm-hmm. are in your same predicament. Right. And I can guarantee you that I can call up several of my friends right now where it feels like we don't have friends. We are friends, but we don't feel like we have friends. Why? Because we have to be moms all the time. We have to be moms. There's no, you know what there's I mean? no off switch. There's no, there's off no, switch. There's moms no don't clocking have, out of it. So. Yeah, and I don't feel, I feel like dads, like, you know, you and your guys, y'all go hoop mm-hmm. in the morning, right? Recreation. Yeah. I don't feel like as women, we don't have those same things like we don't have a oh let's go to play tennis in the morning or let's go to the gym yeah. because it's just like the, the demand on us is a little bit different and that's not to say like dads have it better i'm not saying it like that yeah. but you guys do focus more on recreation you know what i mean mm-hmm. that is a part of how y'all operate is on a recreation i think it's because we don't we don't necessarily like Talk. coordinate and get together like women do like women will go out to lunch and you know and it takes us two months to plan one lunch. Be mimosas and all. Men don't really do that, but they find connection in recreation and right. stuff like that. 
which is cool. And so, but what I'm saying is like a motherhood, I just feel like we don't have those because recreation is not really our, our vibe. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have a, oh, we have a meetup where we go to the gym every day at this time. You know, also all of our friends that live in Atlanta, we so far apart. Yeah, I mean, we're not in the out, same yeah. place where like, you know, it's, and yeah. I feel like things will be different in the next three to five years when most of us have kids in school. It's going to be a whole nother. I can't wait because we're probably all going to be in a whole new world and where have we have so much more time to do those things. Um, it's just the circumstance of where we are right now where most of us have toddlers and newborns. Yeah. yeah Literally. Absolutely. That's toddlers what it is. And our whole tribe is full of the oldest kid is five mm -hmm. and that's only one. Second oldest is four. But the people that got them kids, they got a three-year-old, mm -hmm. one that's about to turn three, one that just turned one. You know, it's like we're still in our baby phase overall. And so I think it can get lonely because we have to nurture our kids. That's just what it is. That doesn't make it less lonely. And it doesn't mean that nurturing your kids is bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's just who we are. But sometimes that's how it can feel. Yeah. Um, specifically because most of the attention is always on the child. Not only from you, not only from dad, not on grandparents. Your grandparents, their grandparents. You know what? I've been mean, I trying to figure out, like, how do how do couples continue to date when they have new kids, like, Tries. or small kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that's what's really tough on a relationship too. Um, either while pregnant or once you have the child. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you continue the actual flow of the relationship? If you know, please drop it on the, in the comments. Man, we need <laughs> help the, us. We need to know. I feel like people. What's the sauce on that? people who have a tribe is simpler like if you i think for most of us who live here like our friend group our friend circle here in atlanta um most of us don't aren't from here so mm -hmm. um we're all from either up north or all these different like most of us don't have parents here so in order to really even consider that we gotta find babysitters we gotta then you gotta be comfortable then you got like Oh my gosh. Yeah. Now you're talking about all of us having two kids. Like then you got to think of, consider who want to watch two kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's real. That's real. We be thinking about that. Like, okay. If so I, like you're being considered. Put these kids on somebody like, mm, would I want that happen to me? <laughs> so now you're trying to be considerate, but you really do need this time. Like it's, it's all the things. I mean, yeah. luckily, you know, I tell Mike all the time. His parents are grand-grandparents, like real grandparents. My parents are the new-age grandparents that's low-key just becoming empty nesters, so they, like, trying to live their life. Your parents are on grandchild 21. But that that, those, that couple that was on the show, mm -hmm. they had the means. You know what I'm saying? They had the means to get help, and it still didn't help. You know what I'm saying? Their connection. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, why? Like, Intentionality why that? at that point. Because if you have the means to do so and you don't do so. No one cares to try anymore. Well, yeah, because, I mean, shoot, I was looking at something. I'm looking at a trip already, y'all, because I know Southwest got a little 50% off sale right now. So uh, I'm looking at a trip uh, yesterday, and then I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, well, how much are these flights going to cost? And when if was I'm this? Yesterday. I'm talking about when, when are the flights for? January. Oh, crying. January, <laughs> um, little trippy trip, maybe LA. Top of the year. Bro, because I've been pregnant forever. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah. Like, I have enjoyed nothing this year. <laughs> My birthday is tomorrow. Obviously, you got whatever planned, and I believe that I'll enjoy it, but that'll be the first time since I came back from LA in February. Oh, uh, yeah. Because everything has been pregnant, it's been sober. <laughs> who wants to be sober all day <laughs> you know what I mean no turn ups I had a really lit year. I think last year was just so lit that it's like this is just not it <laughs> last year was lit as checks all the time um, but anyway I was saying that the saying is like I'm looking at it more so from my perspective because I know my parents will travel mm -hmm. it's like alright cool how much would it cost to like get them there and they can handle that comment you know something like that how much what does my what does my funds need look like where am i trying to get financially so that if that's something i need can i at least try to fly, fly one of my parents out or something like that mm -hmm. because it might not be as feasible to go drop the kids for us we got to go drop them off in another city you know what i mean it's probably cheaper to fly one of our parents out maybe 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 not but you gotta think that's one flight to get to them Mm -hmm. drop them off then you fly wherever you're going yeah then you gotta fly back to pick the kids up and then fly home 
Oh yeah. Everybody can go their separate way <laughs> if I just fly you out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I, anyway, I say all that to say, like, that's where my mind is thinking in regards to intentionality. Because at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, I think it's communication. Like we talked about yesterday, let's promise ourselves that after this baby comes and we, you know, reestablish ourselves as this family of four, that we are going to take the time out to do for us. Mm-hmm. Because... F them kids as people <laughs> eventually, right? I think it's, yeah, I think it's important definitely to kind of. When they go, it's just going to be me and you. It's, it's important to like talk about the things that may be difficult before you start going through them. Like even when, you know, podcasts like this are good, you know, for that very reason, because now you know what, what to talk about. Mm-hmm. What are the things you're going to face? And if you're just getting married, I mean, just getting married and, and then now starting to have a child and being pregnant, understanding like, okay, what, what are we going to go through mentally, separately? You know what I'm saying? What are we going to actually go through that can, you know, alter or change anything that we have as far as our dynamic? Mm-hmm. So we can be either better together or, you know what I'm saying, or, or have something in place to kind of prevent some of the things that can be prevented. What do did? could have been prevented mm-hmm. one through self-discipline obviously yes <laughs> you know what i'm saying but even even past that like i think communication could have saved that whole situation and only ref i only reference a show you know because it's not real yeah because right. it's real life though you no, know what i'm saying facts. it happens every single day and every you know in, in a lot of marriages um and that's i think that i think the question to ask is like what do you need from me? If I had to, ask, if I had to say, uh-huh. you know, for a husband to ask his wife or a man to ask his woman, is like I think sometimes the question is lost of like, yo, what? How can I? How can I help you? Because helping me helps you, yeah. you know. And not that you're doing it for a give or take, but it's like in those moments when we are adapting and we are adjusting, and you know, we're dealing with our bodies and self consciousness and all that kind of stuff like that, and not wanting to drop the baby because you picked a piece of you know picked up a piece of ice and now <laughs> your water done broke. Yeah, that's my all day. I can't do anything. She squats. I think she about to have that child. I I jumped out of my sleep this morning. He thought that my water broke. <laughs> I want y'all to picture this. Some, what? I want y'all to picture this. Somebody, it's 4 a.m. in the morning, 5 a.m. in the morning, and she wakes up like like this. Like, they can't see what I did, but you know what I'm saying. It was so quick. And this is exactly what happened at <laughs> 5, 6 a.m. in the morning when her water broke. I just didn't hear a pop this time. But back then, I, hear, I heard a pop. You did exactly what happened the last time. I'm like, oh, it's time, it's time, it's time. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm thinking this time, yo. And so she was like, sorry. I thought I heard something. Like, what? You thought you heard something? What the I hell? did hear something. I don't think I heard something. I definitely heard something. Like, it sounded like, um, so here's the, if I can give you the perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to think of a wooden box, right? Okay. You know that wooden play thing that Kana has where you put the shapes inside? Yeah. It's solid and hollow as Jack's. Mm-hmm. And then it sounded like it had all the pieces on the inside and he threw it on the floor. That's what it sounded like. He was still asleep. But that's what I heard. And obviously I might've just been hearing it in my sleep, but that's what I heard. And that's what woke me up out of my sleep is this loud crash Mm -hmm. or this loud boom that I hear. And you were like, what, what, what? You okay? And I'm like, yeah, my bad. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I was tripping, y'all. Yeah, you didn't hear that? Hear what? I didn't hear nothing. No, heart jumped out my chest and ran out the room. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't run out the room. You barely got it. I said my heart did. <laughs> but uh, I well, life lesson. I guess. Do you have a life lesson from? I think my life lesson is always going to be find a way to communicate. Um, communicate when it's hard. Communicate when you don't know what to say. Find an opportunity. Create an opportunity to. Create an opportunity for you to be vulnerable. I think that's what vulnerability is, is being able to say the hard things, um, even if they don't, they're not comfortable to say, if you don't know what to say, um, but find a way to say it. Because I think resentment comes when there's no communication. Resentment comes when I feel a way, but I can't tell you how I feel. Um, I think there's so many more things that arise when I feel like I have to 
stifle my voice for the sake of peace when I think peace would come if we can get through and have open communication and understanding around the other person's feelings, emotions, or their part in what's going on within a relationship. And this is not just for babies. This is not just, this is just at any point in time because babies ain't the only thing that give us problems. (laughs) Being parents is not the only thing that creates issues in a relationship. And so I think finding a way to say the hard things yeah. Um, the uncomfortable things and being comfortable and knowing that I would rather you know than for me to walk around hating you or feeling some kind of way that could lead to all kinds of open doors um, for things to happen. I would rather not that. I'd rather just be uncomfortable for a moment so that we can get through a season. Yeah, I, I think my life lesson would be to be uh, to work on on your self-awareness more, like to be more in tune with how you operate, what's your triggers. You know what I'm saying? Like what's what's some of the things that may create resentment for you? Um, what are you feeling in that moment as far as like with, with what the other person has said to you? Like how did that make you feel? Mm-hmm. How, you know what I'm saying? And voicing that, um, that awareness once you figured it out. Like, okay, this person made me feel a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. Well, I need to say exactly what that feeling is and communicate that to them. Um, you know, especially within a relationship and, and, and a marriage because – a lot of the things that we deal with as far as like issues can be preventative if we know the right medicine. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. what are, what are the right things to say? Come on, medicine. What's what's you know, what's the right what's the right um, you know, conversation to have. But in do order men to get really through. say stuff like that? Like would you What what I'm saying? Probably not. I, I'm gonna tell you why. I'm gonna tell you why. Most men are not working on themselves in the way that I am. And I know this because of what I do for a living. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's, I completely understand that. But it's having the maturity enough to to also know like, okay, it's some things I need to work on. You know what I'm saying? That that doesn't take anything but the need, the want to. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? The intentionality part. Um, I'm, I'm completely understanding that most people are going to work on the things on themselves in a way that I am because they don't have to. Mm-hmm. What they do doesn't require them to. So that's okay. But I'm saying like, if I'm being frank, yeah. like would if I was in the state of this scenario that happens on this show, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say that you're in a space feeling rejected. Yeah. And obviously we were ending the episode, but I have to ask this. Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you're in a state where you're feeling rejected or whatever. And now you're in a position where you're, you have opened this, not opened the can of worms, but you're in a place where you are tempted or you are, your eyes are wandering and da 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 da. Would you come to me and say, hey, look, this is what's going on. And I have been putting myself out there <laughs> with you. And you have consistently told me no. But the truth of the matter is that no is putting me in a position that I don't want to be in. Like, would you be that real? Are men really that honest to say it that way? I would be that real, but it wouldn't be in a f- fast enough time, probably. Like, I, I would I would be that real, but it would take time to get to that. Meaning, I would have gone through channels. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have had a conversation with my friends, amongst my, my, boy, my boys. We'd had a conversation, and I'd have been, you know, depicting how I feel or what it is I'm going through and stuff like that. It had been a wrestle for sure, but I think, yeah, for sure. I think I, I would have eventually had to have that conversation because for me, yeah, no. What he was going, like, she was literally, she kept saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no. Oh, all right, what the fuck going on? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I'm very frank with some of that stuff. So I was like, yeah, what the hell is going on? Like, mm-hmm. what is this? Because what we ain't going to do is keep rejecting me, but I gotta keep. I gotta keep, uh, whatever they. I forget the word, but it, it doesn't matter. Being pure. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, like you, you testing my period at this point. You know what I'm saying. And maybe because, uh, you know, going through Maidman and they talked about like a man and his purity, mm-hmm. and and talked about ways to, to be pure, and you know, because obviously everybody has their fleshy desires, whatever it is, mm-hmm. but knowing being aware of that like okay this is a desire this isn't reality this isn't you know this isn't the right thing to do so what should i do in this moment i should bounce out of this you know what i'm saying and i only ask that because i feel like 
as a woman, I would, I think the the default is like he shouldn't risk his family for a moment of pleasure. Mm-hmm. As it a, seems that as simple. As a default, it does seem it does seem as that simple. It should seem that simple, but it it's not. It's not that simple, and especially it's not that simple for men. It may seem like that, especially on the woman's side. I can see where, it's like, why would he blow up his entire life for five minutes? Mm-hmm. This is literally how long it's going to take. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but 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 you don't see like it was a build up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just that small little moment. You know what I'm saying? So he had probably been dealing so with long? that because men carry a certain pressure that they don't feel like they know how to communicate or can communicate to a woman that it will be received in a mature enough manner. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're trying to prevent the blow up yeah, at but all it's costs. Like, I get that. But we're it's trying like, to keep the peace. Even what I said, having <laughs> uncomfortable, con- like, cause why would you wait? Like, you know, something like that is going to make me upset. Right. Mm-hmm. It's going to make me feel away. It probably will breach a, a level of trust, but how can we provide grace, understanding and, and rep, uh, and repair this if you don't say anything off of I rather I don't want you to get upset so I'm gonna deal with it for as long as I can until now I gotta go off about it and now it could be irreparable because because men are like fixers solvers by nature and then we feel like that's the way to solve it it's like okay let me deal with it because I don't need I don't need the the blow up I don't need this I don't need that and you try to keep the peace as long as you can but then there comes to this point where you can't like nigga you don't have control of this you know what I'm saying like you don't have control of that mm-hmm. and when you don't become aware of that it will spill over it'll it'll show us it you know what I'm saying like those things will happen and and when it seemed like a five minute of pleasure just blew up your whole entire life it was probably a year probably two years probably was a long period of time of things stacking on top of each other and then you you crack and it seems like to y'all this just happened nigga you just she, she you dick fell in her in five minutes no no it didn't it didn't i promise you it did you know what i'm saying but unless you like a habitual cheater you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and that's completely different uh, that's completely different but yeah hopefully that answered it. i mean i was just curious at this point yeah well i don't even know how to end on that <laughs> well i think uh you know this has been another one this, this has been, been another episode of so let's talk about the podcast i am your co-host Brittany, and i'm malcolm and you can follow me at Brittany Danelle. and you can follow me at malcolm underscore two underscores garrison and you can follow the show on so let's talk about it pod on all platforms make sure if you're listening to apple music Apple Music, Jesus Christ. Listen to <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow the show, rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like this video if you made it this far. Um, and tell the YouTube algorithm that you love us and you want them to spread this message on to others. Um, but we appreciate y'all so much. We love y'all. We'll see y'all on the next episode. Peace.